Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hot Take You podcast. This is a great time of the year. We just finished up Sweet 16 Elite Eight. We've got the Final Four approaching us this weekend. The NBA playoffs are looming. And we also have the Masters coming up here, not this weekend, but next. Tiger just played great at the match play. There's going to be a lot of buzz going into the Masters. Um, but the other really, really exciting news we have here at Hot Take You, we've been working on an intro song all of that work we threw it away because there's only one man right now who is worthy of the intro song here at hot take you so again we're gonna have uncle russ coming up here uh but neighborhood nip why don't you take us away all my life been grinding all my life sacrifice hustle paid the price want a slice got to roll the dice that's why all my life i've been grinding all my life yeah. hi guys welcome in again we have got uncle russ on the line here he is uh on the edge of his seat over there in San Diego, getting ready for the Mariners to blow a 2-1 lead against the Angels. Uncle Russ, how we doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me back, Brandon. Excited to get after it again today. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and at any point give us updates on what's going on there. Um, I know your bum Marco G isn't, isn't going to be able to get that complete game. I am living my worst nightmare. The Mariners are potentially going to be 7-1 and... They are not going to get a second of my time until probably September. So, uh, but but how how are you feeling right now, Russ? Are you just on cloud nine? Playoffs or bust, baby. Just got that W right now, right as you uh, were going off on them. So oh all is well gosh. up in the CNW, baby. Yeah, everything's been great since we uh, since we got rid of Mike Zanino, man. I'll tell you what. Um, hey, anyways, hey uh, I mean you're just a a general basketball fan uh you get kind of sappy during big big games and what a weekend it was i i would say maybe that opening weekend might have been a letdown obviously ucf duke gave us a little something to to munch on but uh how, how are you feeling after this last weekend i mean that was it was like one after another uh i, I couldn't believe how good those games were this weekend yeah uh Definitely, especially after that first weekend. I mean, good games for sure, especially capped off by UCF and Duke. But, I mean, even the upsets like Oregon or Liberty or UCI, I felt like those were kind of common upsets picked uh, throughout a lot of brackets. So it's not those Cinderella's that came out of nowhere. But, yeah, that second weekend with all the Blue Bloods in action, um, performance of the tournament has to go to Ryan Klein versus Tennessee in that Sweet 16 game. Um kept putting up shots where it's like what are you doing and then those lasers were going in so uh, that was really cool to see especially for a fellow white guy kind of putting on um obviously carson edwards uh putting that team purdue team on his back yeah he, he, he just made himself a lot of money he made himself a lot of money this last weekend he yeah. I, I think i saw some boards that had him in the second round and there is no way that he is going to make it to the second round after that um i can already see them trying to draw the steph comparisons uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, dude, he's 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 got a body on him too. That'll that'll go a long way. I feel like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what we're I mean, you, you talked about Ryan Klein, but uh, obviously we're here at the Final Four. I think my biggest shock is Texas Tech, and not just that they made it, but the way that they. I mean, I don't know if it's the bright red jerseys, but it felt like they just <laughs> had seven guys on the court during each game when the other team had five and. There just was nothing the teams could do. They were merciless, uh, running around making plays. I, I didn't really give them any love coming into this uh, tourney, but holy cow, 
uh, they're great. And are you are you taking uh, him, Chris Beard, to UCLA too? Yeah, uh, especially yeah with this performance in this tournament from last turn. I didn't think they were going to get back to the second weekend after last tournament. Thought that was kind of fluky, but yeah, obviously all credit to Chris Beard. Really surprised when I saw Michigan and Coach Beeline flop like that on Thursday night in the Sweet 16. But all credit has to go to Texas Tech, obviously after seeing what they did uh, to Gonzaga and then uh, them against Michigan State. It's going to be a real good matchup. Although you give uh, Tom Izzo a week to prepare in March or April. And I, I worry for Texas tech in that regard, uh, just with Izzo at this time of the year, but Oh man, that they was were, a performance to get back. I was, yeah. Izzo. Was cool. Yeah. Izzo was, was really impressive. Um, you know, we, I talked a little bit about, uh, with Wes about that going in of kind of just how reliable he is and all that stuff was in the news about him and getting in his players faces and all that. Um, that team was okay. Aaron Henry's balling out now. Yeah, I mean Dude, that team. Got, uh, would you say had? You know. I mean, eighty percent of the talent that Duke had. I mean, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration. It's not like Michigan State has bad players, but probably. I mean, they were no way, any shape or form, as talented as that Duke team. And yeah, I mean, Duke kind of. I mean, for the last three games, obviously they lost to Michigan State, but they. It seems like they flirted a little too much and. My theory is they, they kind of had a little OKC vibes with Westbrook and KD, KD being Zion and Barrett being Westbrook. And I stood up for Barrett, and Barrett was fine. He obviously made some dumb plays. But I don't know how you feel about that comparison. And just it felt like they were taking turns. And then, like, Cam Reddish would take a terrible three. They, they did not have a team that I thought, you know, after, especially um, after UCF, I mean, they really scared me. I don't know why people said they were such a lock just because they have so much talent, but I, I don't know. Did you get those vibes from them at all? Yeah, just definitely not knowing who needs to close. And then Cam Reddish definitely did his best. Uh, James Harden, 2012 finals in Miami. So, um, yeah, no, that's a great comparison, especially just uh, RJ and Zion kind of not knowing, hey, who needs the ball final three minutes when we need a bucket, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that definitely hurt them down the stretch. And obviously they were able to, get by and uh against UCF and then again Virginia Tech nobody really knows how but obviously that luck ran out when you run up to a um run into a coach like Tom Izzo and a program like Michigan State a point guard like Cassius Winston so yeah yeah, their luck definitely ran out and yeah it was that youth and inexperience I think that really did them in and um luckily it wasn't an ego type thing coming I think all those guys really liked playing with each other I think it was just a oh the spotlight's on I kind of want it. I know Zion wants it too, but who's going to take control? And I think they they had some issues that hopefully they could work out when they were all when they're all sophomores. But we know that's not going to happen. So yeah, I think another another narrative from this last weekend, and we see it every year. I don't know why it isn't a bigger deal. Is just how important a good guard is, and the big guys are great. I mean, even the wings are are fun. But it seemed like another weekend dominated by guards. Carson Edwards, obviously. Um, those Auburn guards, Kyle guy, are, baby. I mean, yeah, Kyle guy, the Auburn guards were insane. I mean, one of them didn't even shoot well. And then I think he went like what? 13 for 13 from the free throw line. And they just covered so much ground. And I think that's where, for me, I see the biggest difference between even, you know, maybe the mid-major teams, um, that is just the guards are so skilled and so good and so ready in those situations for these teams that, uh, I mean, Cassius Winston was just this, 
you could almost say he's like the least cool player probably that's going to be participating <laughs> in the final four, but he's so calm, cool, and collected. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, so looking at the matchups, Auburn-Virginia is really a clash of two worlds. Uh, Virginia is going to slow it down. They are going to just get try to be as efficient as possible on the offensive end, play some great defense. I obviously love Virginia. They were picked in my bracket. Um, but Auburn is fun, and it's really hard to root against them. Uh, I mean, Harper's running up and down the court at – probably 510 uh just getting in these nooks and crannies that's going to be a really fun one and who who's going to win the the pace battle yeah uh you and i i think both have virginia in our bracket so we're battling it out for some capital um as well but uh, they they do feel like the team of destiny I, the clash of styles against auburn will be a weird one that's where uh ty jerome kyle guy versus uh, Harper and was it Bryce Brown? Uh, that'll be yeah. sick. Uh, great for basketball fans everywhere. I do think the difference in that game, uh, we do need the DeAndre Hunter coming out party. He's had a good or an okay tournament, but um, he hasn't turned into that Mikhail Bridges uh, type run yet, um, where he can kind of start turning into that epic three and D guy that yeah, can kind of be the difference in the game. He's still that Auburn, like. So. I, I say I overuse the term like NBA hipsters or college basketball hipsters. He still is. He hasn't graduated from the NBA hipsters to the mainstream yet, and he he is. He's the guy that ooh NBA guys like ooh if I you know if I had that maybe fourth overall pick I'll tell you what this you know he's efficient blah 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 all that he can do a lot of stuff but he does he needs to just give us that statement game. I guess it's kind of hard because it's not. I mean they score what sixty points a game. I mean it's going to be pretty hard for one <laughs> player to score twenty, but. Uh, yeah, we'll see from him. And then, again, just the revelation of Texas Tech and the momentum. And I, I watched that video. I don't know if you were able to on Beard and how he plays his defense. And it's almost this, like, cheat code in college basketball. They pass the eye test. Uh, that's going to be a lot of momentum for, for Izzo to try to slow down, right? Yeah. So I, I think we're, we're both taking Virginia against Auburn. Who do you like in uh, Texas Tech, Michigan State? Again, it's almost like a clash of styles. It's like Texas Tech just running all over the place and playing great defense and swarming, and then it's just like kind of Cassius Winston, just calm, cool, collected, running his offense and getting buckets. It's going to be kind of a weird um, juxtaposition in both of these games of kind of who's going to win that battle. Obviously, who's going to win the game, but it's going to be these clashes of styles. Um, You know, I, I don't know, just part of me after watching texas tech it's so hard just they're everywhere and they're long and it just it feels suffocating even just like watching the game i can't even imagine being a guard watching the game so i i probably am going to roll with texas tech but gosh man Izzo is yeah he he is probably underrated um by now somehow still but i'm probably rolling texas tech in virginia okay and then Are we? Do we dare uh, try to predict that game right now, too? Yeah, I. Gosh, man, that. Now I'm definitely. Actually, part of me almost thinks Auburn Texas Tech would be fun. Um, I'm not gonna go and get to my pick, but yeah, I would love to That's see a Virginia championship, bro. Yeah, uh, Virginia and Texas Tech. Um, that's gonna be a very defensive game. I hope we don't get that. I think it was Butler UConn, if I recall. <laughs> Is that who that was when it was like 43 to 42? Um, yeah, I'm really, I don't think I want to root for that, but yeah, uh, I, I got to roll Virginia. My heart, my capital's invested there. Um, I mean, I, yeah, 
I, I Bennett, I'm really rooting for him to break through. Uh, I, you know, I used to look at him the same the way I looked at Mark Few and another Gonzaga letdown, which we're gonna uh, we're gonna definitely talk about as a UW fan. We are gonna dissect that very deeply here. The Gonzaga fallout again. Um, yeah, I, I'm happy for Tony Bennett, and I hope maybe this is the one where he gets it done. And again, I love the narrative of them being out first round and then being able to come back and get the the championship. That's my favorite storyline, if if possible. Definitely. Worst to first, baby. Um, okay, real quick on Gonzaga, both close to our heart. Um, not necessarily fans, but someone we always keep our eye on. I said it before, and I said it all season, that Josh Perkins is a liability. I almost feel guilty now. Um, him being a senior, and I don't Did you see the emotional video he had after the game? Uh Unfortunately not. <laughs> he, I mean, it's really sad, dude. I, I, it was hard to watch, and I am not a Gonzaga fan and not a Josh Perkins fan. Uh, you know, he said something along the lines of, you know, I let my team down, and it felt, you know, I just kind of did it all season, and it, and he's like crying in front of his locker, and it's just like, dang, this is actually like a 21 year old. Felt kind of, kind of ruthless, um, saying it, but he really he was a liability all season, and then he reaches right across the out of bounds line, and touches the guy and <laughs> I, I didn't think it would come in that way I thought it would come with really bad three-pointers and long twos that he shouldn't be taking um that the defense wanted him to take and it turned out that it actually came by just a really dumb play so really sad one that I had never seen before so yeah and I think I don't think I've ever seen that in all I, my years I don't, I don't think I ever have either um <laughs> but Rui and Brandon Clark are definitely going to be gone um, I know you're uh, you're holding tight for your boy Corey Kispert there. Um, I don't know what he can do without guys around him, but uh, and I don't know their class going in next year. But if you're Mark Few, Russell, and and buckle up here, hold on tight. Uh, UCLA AD calls. Your phone's ringing. Uh, you know whose number it is. You're Mark Few. Uh, what are you doing? Are you are you picking up the phone call? Are you you don't have time for it. Are you, we got to meet up in a secret place. What's, what are you doing if you're Mark Few? I'm definitely answering. Uh, oh man, that's, that's tough. I know he's pretty integrated up there in, in Spoke Compton. Uh, Zach through and through. And I, with the offer that we saw UCLA give to coach Cal, is it really, I don't know if they're blowing much, many people away anymore outside of just the UCLA brand. Um, I'm definitely answering. That's a tough. That's a tough change to make or transition to make. I feel like at this point of his career, I'd love to see it, but I do feel like they would need to come with a lot more than what we just saw them uh, provide for Coach Cal. And we saw Coach Cal then right away lock lock up a lifetime contract. So, so I think uh, I just heard that uh, Musbus, our guy, uh, and, and this could be wrong. I am ninety percent sure I saw. Is he five years twenty five? Is that a real thing? Oh, I, no. I, I think at I Arkansas saw. Yeah. Re-up at Nevada. At, at, no, at Arkansas, five years, twenty-five. So if he gets five for twenty-five, uh, oh, so I don't know what an actual basketball coach gets. Um, if the must bus <laughs> is grabbing five for twenty-five at Arkansas. Uh, hey, I want UCLA to. I want UCLA to make a comeback. So I'm glad they didn't throw their uh, hat into the Muscleman ring. That yeah. blessing in disguise, right there. Jeez, man. Yeah, cool. that was that team. He'll be, was, he'll be gone. He'll be. He'll be fired from Arkansas within three years. That was okay. a stinky team this year, man. They, wow, they reeked. Uh, they looked like every game they played, they went out to the club the night before. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, every game, like, are they, they look hungover. And it was, it was not fun to watch. Um, in other college basketball news, uh, did you also see the video of Zion? He's already playing pickup. Um, game's over this weekend, whatever. I think he's back on campus. He's playing pickup. He almost broke a backboard. Um, it's connected. It was connected to the ceiling, and it, it vaults down, and he almost pulled it off. So I it just had me thinking because I really th- think a little more about Zion and just who he is, and he seems so special. He obviously loves basketball enough to 48 hours after probably the hardest loss to this date in his life. He's just hooping uh, with randoms. Does does there a team that sees that and just sees his raw love for basketball? Is there? I mean, that just really puts the icing on top. Is there any team in any situation that does not take him number one? Can you ma- could you imagine that situation, or is it just forget it? Um, I can't imagine it, and that's because the Phoenix Suns are idiots, and I can see them uh, trying to get cute. And <laughs> Holy cow, that would be um, a legendary probably- podcast, me, you, and Taylor Downey on to just, I mean, that would be an all-timer. <laughs> And, and not to pass on Zion to take Jaw, but pass on Zion and Jaw for like uh, Cam Reddish or some somebody like that. So, uh, but in all honesty, I oh especially after that video, that made me love him even more. But yeah, he definitely showed himself as just a true hooper um, through and through. So I definitely, I think he was already locked in or locked in as that number one pick, at least in my eyes. But yeah, um, one yeah, thing I, I don't envision a scenario. Unless Phoenix gets the number one pick, number one pick, but then I feel like they would maybe try to trade back if they can uh, be smart enough to make a move like that. But yeah, um, do you do you see yeah, any any I, team maybe passing on the Zion sweepstakes? I don't see any team, but if you're Phoenix, uh, I would definitely look at trading back. I just think it does it. It seems kind of clunky to have Booker and the 17 wings that they have on their roster right now that are unproven. Um, <laughs> To try to fit him in there, it just seems weird, and it just John Morant looks perfect. Um, point Booker, and you know, I think Booker this scoring stretch has been great. Um, you know, whatever Griff, he's gonna call me about this. Whatever, man, uh, Booker's great. I I've been harsh on him, but he shouldn't be having to handle the ball this much. And I think he'd be much more efficient being able to be off ball. And John Morant looks like that guy. I mean, if he's if he's getting it done, and no offense to his Murray State teammates, but uh, I don't think any of those guys are going to be playing in the NBA. Like, if he can get Booker, Bridges, maybe Josh Jackson, I mean, that that just seems fun to me. The thing is, is what are you getting to, to drop back? And I don't know what that is. Um, I'd love to see them do that. But, yeah, Zion and Phoenix would be fun. But I don't know. Do you think he keeps his current – Yeah, does he keep his current weight if he – comes to the nba or does he he has to slim down just a tad right that that will be really interesting he's kind of at that in between it could go one of two ways so um i do think he has uh he looks to be driven enough to where i think it's going to go the right way and he'll maybe trim down to 260 i get 270 but i mean he'll still be all muscle i don't think it'll affect him um, and if anything just take weight off the knees but yeah that is kind of the, if there's any drawbacks um, outside of his lack of a right hand out of, as of now would be just the weight and just where's that going to go once he gets to the league or is that baby fat kind of like Luca or what's what, what that's going to look like? Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, in the meantime, I want to do a quick transition and might be 
I, I, you know, I've been feeling, I went to Dallas, uh, you know, we were, we were in Dallas to celebrate Johnny Van Omering's wedding. Um, what a legend. Um, I mean, a, a true legend and went to the JFK site. So I've been, been feeling kind of conspiracy lately. Um, so my question for you is, are you concerned about coach K? Um, does coach K even care? Uh, does he continue to co? I mean, what's going on there? Um, are are you concerned with where he's at right now? And kind of, it's hard to say a letdown, but maybe not having get it done. And you know, I think in the it's been a few years since he's been to the Final Four, and a lot of talent coming in there. Are you concerned or no? Um. Not concerned. He's done with uh, Team USA, right? That's Popovich now. Popovich, I think, is taking over because uh, it will be yeah, 2020. So I don't know if he's still around or kind of what's going on there, how that torch passing is going. I'm sure it was not very smooth or won't be smooth if it hasn't happened yet because <laughs> um, those two ate each other. Uh, but, or sorry, no, that was Popovich and, uh, and Jerry that don't get along. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't know. But. Yeah, I don't think he's involved anymore. Yeah. I think he's out of that. Okay, because, yeah, I was, I was going to say, he's, he's definitely getting up there. Um, I, I think he missed, unfortunately, missed his chance to um, try and stake his claim as an NBA coach. Um, I, I don't think any – I don't think that transition would go well. I don't think any team – obviously, it's Coach K. It sounds great on paper, but that's a lot to ask at his age. Um, and then at Duke, he kind of reluctantly got into the one-and-done – uh, situation a few years back. Wasn't, I mean, it's worked I, wasn't he the guy who, like, that wasn't them? Like, he made a huge scene that that wasn't, like, who he was and what he's about. And didn't he, like, yeah, he, call he out definitely, call he, party he threw shots at, he, Yeah, he threw, out, he threw shots awesome. at Coach Cal. And, that is uh, awesome. Yeah, and then it, it worked for him with uh, Jaleel and Tyus Jones and Grayson Allen back in the day. But, yeah, it really hasn't worked for him since. I don't even know if they've been back to a final four. So I've got here so the last think, time they made it was 2015. Okay. Yeah. That was their title year. So, um, I remember watching that on the quad, I think with you at GCU. So sounds about uh, right. good times against, against Wisconsin. But, uh, yeah, I think because he reluctantly got into the one and done business and never been his cup of tea and he's seen how it's worked in the last several few years, I do think, one of the ways you can try to get back to where they were or winning when it matters most is definitely try to find more Grayson Allen's that he knows are going to be there for at least two years, three years, or hopefully Trey Jones is back next year. So they can kind of build around him with all the re- recruits they have coming back Gosh, in. They he, have uh, quick, quick note on Trey Jones. Uh, I get it. He's got, he's got Tyus. Uh, so he's probably got the natural swag. Uh, there's probably some awkwardness with having to fill those shoes in the shadow or whatever. Man, uh, it's really tough. He's he's really Duke's version of Josh Perkins, man. Like if he if he misses shots and when he misses shots, there's it is really painful to watch. Just like seeing Zion at the top of your screen and then stare at Tyus or <laughs> sorry Trey as he takes another three and misses is. It's pretty painful to watch. He literally is Josh Perkins 2.0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get him that Tyus Johnson, though, and he's the best point guard in Duke history. Yeah. Um, okay, other narratives I really want to talk about. Uh, this is going to be a very niche market. Uh, Hot Take U is going to really corner itself here to uh, a small number of fans. 
and a group highlighted by uh, none other than Riley Bettinger. Um, a quick update on our on our Wazoo hoops. We are. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Are we like seven or eight years on them not winning a first round game in the Pac-12 tournament? What's the count on that? Uh, yeah, it's getting up there. They're zero and six in Vegas, I believe, and the last time they won a game at Staples Center when the Pac-12 tournament was there, I think Riley was. Uh, Riley and Clay Thompson were both juniors, I think, in college. So it's it's been it's been a minute. Say the um, least. so Ernie Kent, great guy. Um, he gone. Really great guy. Uh, a tough to see the page turn like that. Um, with such a proven track record. Um, <laughs> they and remind me who they brought in. It's the was it the oh, shoot San Francisco guy. Um, yeah. Where are you at? Uh, again, this is, again, a real niche corner here. So uh, we're, I'm sorry we're diving into Washington State hoops here. But, Russ, give us where you're at, uh, maybe where Riles is at, and is there optimism? Is it kind of just laughable at this point? What's going on up there? Uh, hey, turn a new page, baby. It's a, it's a new era. Um, Coog Nation, the Palouse is rejuvenated. Kyle Smith, I believe his name is. It's a Clay Thompson recommendation. Uh, his offense is referred to as nerd ball. So that's what they're kind of adapting in the Palouse now is nerd ball. So you'll, it won't be the first and it, this will be the first and definitely not the last time you're hearing about nerd ball. Sounds like it's a variation of the Princeton offense, which uh, our CP Eagles ran in high school. And that uh, definitely, I think they should maybe try to stray away from the Princeton offense a little bit, but um, that's for another podcast. Uh, but yeah, I think Pullman's very excited. Uh, nerd ball that's what they're going to be adapting apparently he's very analytical when it comes to uh, college basketball so it's uh, definitely going to be um, a different than Ernie Kent and definitely definitely a different vibe so yeah what why do they have such a rich history of guards that shoot a really bad percentage like I feel like it's just they have to have a a guard there that shoots about 34 percent from the field very David Crisp esque, uh, who actually, I mean, really had a great senior year. So, I really appreciate him. Uh, what's their deal with? Is he? Uh, is he going to sneak into the second round, Mister uh, Irrelevant? Maybe. So here, here's here's what we do got going for us, Russ. He's he's going to the Final Four. He's in the three point contest. Um, <laughs> it's it's a great time. I'm I'm really happy for him. Yeah, I mean. He, especially since he was like a career, I think like 31% three-point shooter before this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I'm glad he's there. Hopefully he puts on and uh, hopefully he doesn't get into too much trouble in the nightlife. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> concerned. Uh, yeah, really excited to hey, see what... Hey, side note. Go for I, it. I will, I, will give, I, I will give some credit to your uh, Washington Huskies. That was, I mean, they didn't play well. I, you and I had talked about this offline, but they weren't playing well, and they still uh, gave North Carolina quite the fight. So I think the future is very bright, unfortunately, and uh, for the Huskies, for the Fuskies. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about Hop, and I think it, it's hard. Um, it's hard again talking about those seniors being there and the Thibel, the Dickerson, and Crisp, and and Dominic Green, and seeing those guys leave. Those guys aren't technically Hopkins guys. They're great. Um, but they're definitely not Hopkins guys, and we're getting nothing but Hopkins guys going forward, and that's awesome. Um, we've got the number, I think, four or five recruit in the nation. 
there's there's rumors swirling. We've already locked in the number six, Jade McDaniels, KD 2.0 uh, from Federal Way. Uh, Jalen Noel's gone. It sounds like he's like gone, gone, which is weird. I don't know why he would want. Did he hire an agent? Uh, shoot, I'd have to look. But his message was very like, uh, you know, please support me throughout my professional career or something like oh, that. It. So it was very much like, oh boy, and he's not doing that thing where he declares and comes back, but. Yeah, I mean, I I love Jalen Noel. I mean, he shot over fifty percent, almost had twenty a game. But there's there's some glaring issues with his game. But we'll see. Um, but it, I mean, it is good. Uh, again, I talked about with Wes, uh, just you know what's going on with West Coast basketball and not having U Dub around. And I know you're not the biggest U Dub guy, but it, it just doesn't feel right. Um, letting guys in Seattle get out of Seattle and go to different schools is. Not right, so hopefully that tradition stops. Um, but the the yeah, best way. Yeah, how do you let to, CJ go, dude? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you got a guy like Kevin Porter. It's actually funny because, like, if you're if guys are getting out of Seattle, what you just need to do is just hire your former players. Uh, well, you're not gonna hire them, but <laughs> just send them to the most important high schools in Seattle. Um, Brandon Roy, <laughs> thanks, my man, for taking that head coaching gig and uh, accepting whatever dollar amount from UW. Appreciate that. Um, it's sending all your players. We really appreciate it, man. This is going to be awesome going forward. Um, yeah, so we'll see how that final four shakes out. Um, we, we're both taking Virginia. It sounds like I'm taking Texas tech. Are you rolling Sparty or what's it? What yeah, rolling I'm rolling with? Sparty. I just, I got to roll with Izzo in March or April, I guess, but yeah, a week to prepare. I, I know you and I like Chris Beard and what, what Texas tech is all about, but yeah, I definitely I'm rolling with this, with Sparty, unfortunately. Sorry, Logs. And then you're yeah, man, sorry, Logs. And Logs, by the way, man, we're working on getting this thing on Spotify. Um I I'm really sorry, my man. He's been he's been hitting the DMs hard with me, uh, really trying to listen and I don't have it on Spotify for that poor guy. Um Logs, it's coming for you, man. Yeah, we're it's coming for you and best of luck to those those Sparties, Logs. Um yeah, we're both taking Virginia, huh? We both want this moment for for Tony Bennett. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And we, yeah, with that guard play, DeAndre Hunter, Diakite, oh baby. Yeah, I think so. We're gonna have a fun uh, NBA draft pod coming up. Uh, you know, whenever whenever that time comes, it's gonna be hard to wait till the end of the NBA season because I just want to discuss these guys now. Um, but we're gonna have another episode actually today coming out that's gonna be strictly NBA. Uh, we're in the middle of actually the end of a Warriors beatdown of the Nuggets. Uh, so that that's going to make some interesting storylines for the NBA pod. But, uh, hey, man, thanks for hopping on, and uh, can't wait to talk some NBA with you. Yeah, thanks for having me back and looking forward to it. Keep doing big things. Awesome. Later. Later.